This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Okay, we are ready. How many mothers are there in the United States? There are 82.5 million. You know, there's bad news and good news in that. You know what the bad news is? Kind of makes you not feel all that special, right? I'm one of 82.5 million in the United States. The good news is, no matter what you're encountering as a mother, I'm pretty sure there are some mothers who've been through that before at 82.5 million. Question number two, what's the largest number of children given birth by the same mother? It's actually 69. 69. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay, okay, I knew that would get a rise. Number three, how much did the heaviest newborn weigh? Are you ready for this? 22 pounds, 8 ounces. That'll give you some pain right there. Number four, what's the average weight gained by mothers during pregnancy? I know all you women put too much, okay? Maybe that's what the guys put. It's actually 30 pounds. So you know what that means? It means that after the mom gives birth, right, seven or eight of that belong to the kid. That means that the average mom goes on a diet plan to lose 22 pounds immediately. That's a big, that's a big sacrifice. Number five, how long does the average mother take to change a child's diaper? Are you ready? Two minutes. Five seconds. How about the average dad? One minute, 16 seconds. That will explain why the kid comes out with one leg hanging down and it doesn't fit and it leaks. But, you know, dad got it done anyway. That's how that works. I'm sorry, one minute, 36 seconds. Number seven, how many times does a child need its diaper changed by its second birthday? Pampers loves this figure. 7,300. Yeah, 7,300 times. How often does the average preschooler need its mother's attention during a typical day? All day. Are you ready? 210 times. Here's what it means. That's an average of once every four minutes. So mothers, you know why you're tired when you go to bed? At the end of the day, think if you have three preschoolers. Yeah, that means almost every minute one of them is going to need your attention. How much does it cost, not counting college tuition, to raise the average child from birth to 18. Here it is. Yeah, right. Here it is. Are you ready? $242,070. Yeah. And last of all, how many times in the Bible does God address mothers? Here it is. 340 times. So would you join me in prayer? Lord, now, as we open your word, 
to learn about moms and to learn about mothers. Would you help us to take a step forward in building healthy and sound and functional families? Lord, we pray a blessing on every mother here. We pray a blessing on every family here. Lord, would you help us to hear what you have to say to us? I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. So let's go to the Bible and let's take a look at this first Bible teaching. Here's what the author of the book of Proverbs says. He says, may she who gave you birth be happy. Well, wouldn't it be great if every mom was happy? You know, as I watched that video with the four moms that we're going to be visiting with this morning, as I watched them, every one of them seemed happy, didn't they? Hi, I'm whomever, and this, this is who my kids are, and, and, and it was great. Yeah, that's the thing that moms have. You know, even when a woman is pregnant, people say she has what? Guys don't get that. Imagine a conversation with two guys. Dude, there's something different about you. You have kind of a glow, you know. Yeah. Are you and Shelly pregnant? If you say that to me, I'm walking the other way, right? I said, I don't want to be near a guy who's going to talk like that. But why? Because there's just something different. When you talk to moms about their kids... I'll tell you what, they all enter motherhood expecting to be touched way down inside like they've never been touched before. And they expect to feel happy and fulfilled. And that's really the first truth that I want to point you to this morning. God wants every mom to feel happy and fulfilled as a mother. So I'm going to give you some space. Those of you who are moms, the rest of us are just going to be quiet. You can be quiet too. But in this morning where we're listening to God about mothers, I want you to go to that space in your life. And I know as a mom, if you even had one kid, you've had many of these times when you were so thrilled to be a mother and so happy to be a mother and you saw your child do something or you had an experience with one or more of your children And it was one of those experiences where you wanted to go up and hug that child and kind of never let go. And you said to yourself, I wish all of life could be like this moment. So just travel back in your minds. Close your eyes if you need to. And savor that moment. And maybe you'll have two or three. I'll give you some space to do that. The truth is that motherhood is more than that, isn't it? Yeah. It's not too long. In fact, the first journey into motherhood usually begins with morning sickness, and that's not a whole lot of fun. And then, you know, it moves to childbirth, and that's even less fun. And, and uh, so let's go back and, and revisit our four mothers, because they're going to talk about the struggles that come in motherhood. Take a look. 
I just went through my second divorce in December, and that's been very hard. I had Eric when I was 21, and he's a twin. He was born three months premature. He was one pound 15 ounces, and she was two pounds three ounces, and she only lived for one week. That was very hard, being 21 and losing a child. Being young and a mom, a single mom, his father left when I was pregnant, so that was very challenging. And if it weren't for my parents, my mom and my dad helping me, I don't know how I would have made it. My family was dysfunctional, to say the least. So I've been through three marriages with my mom. I got married when I was 23, and um, he was in the Coast Guard already. That's how we met in Charleston, South Carolina. And I really didn't think much about what I was getting into, but we have moved all over the place. So when we became young parents, raising children in that environment was definitely going to be a challenge. I think more or less what I decided was what I didn't want to do based on my life growing up. I grew up um, without a mother, but I had a grand aunt, and so my grand aunt was kind of my surrogate mother. I learned to trust in God really early in life. It was a childhood conversion. And then as I became a teenager and after my mother passed away, I um, sort of fell away from God, but then got back to him later on. And, and he's always um, shown himself faithful. And my oldest is 30 years old now, and my youngest is 19. So I've always had little children or was pregnant, and <laughs> so it's been fun and chaotic at the same time. We got pregnant on our honeymoon and immediately had a miscarriage. Quickly thereafter, I had an ectopic pregnancy and then two more miscarriages. I had no idea that it was so difficult to get pregnant. It was my life group and the faith of my friends that got me through it because I probably would have given up on God in that chapter of my life. I was really struggling. Monday after Valentine's Day, on a whim, I took a pregnancy test and found out that once again I was pregnant. I went to my life group leader with the information and she prayed with me and just kind of we went through the whole process and I had a very difficult pregnancy. I spent my first trimester on bed rest. You know, I really struggled and I was scared and I didn't know if I was going to have a successful pregnancy or not. And then I went into labor on a Friday afternoon and walked all over town. And Saturday morning, my water broke. And 12 hours later, I had the most wonderful gift you can imagine and perfect little boy in the world. So there you have reality, right? Yeah. Let me read you another passage. We're actually going to read you two or three passages of Scripture. And then I want to teach you a second point because I think it's important for us to grasp this. The Bible says, pain has gripped you like a woman in childbirth. I'm quite sure that every mother in this room, that scripture means more to than those of us guys, right? Yeah. But there's, there's a certain pain that's just associated in agony that's associated with giving birth. And uh, to some degree, I think that always gets attached. Solomon writes in the book of Proverbs and says, every child is full of what? Yeah, I, you know, golly, I remember the first time I, I, it occurred to me that I might have embarrassed my parents when I was a kid. 
I was grown and married and had children of my own. And our oldest, our son, did something at, I don't know, six or eight years of age that he knew way better than to do. And it was something that really embarrassed me. And I realized that my first and inner response, not to him openly, but my inner response was a sort of anger. How could he do that and embarrass me? Now, as a parent, you've had that, right? And I'm thinking, I never did that. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) And then I started cycling through things I had done as a kid, and I realized, oh my goodness, I embarrassed my parents many times. You know, it was like, hello, earth to run, here I am, right? only took me to 26 to figure that out. Why? Foolishness, it, every child is filled with foolishness. But look at the next verse, because I want you to see how it goes. A foolish child brings what? Grief to his mother. Now, if the message ended right there, we'd all resign and go, I don't, I'm not signing up for that, right? But here's the truth, and here's the principle I want all of us to know and understand. And that is, every mother, every mother goes through great struggle with her children. Now, in the video you just saw, here's Helga and Max, who get pregnant on their honeymoon and they immediately have a miscarriage, and then they have a tubal pregnancy, and, and, and so that's great pain and great discomfort and medical procedures and all that kind of stuff, and two more pregnancies that end in miscarriages. And I mean, they're struggling just to become parents, and there's all sorts of pain and inconvenience that's involved in that. And yet, in that same video clip, here's Gordon and Petra. They get pregnant seven times in 11 years. But what does she say? We were never short on chaos. Yeah, you can imagine having seven children in 11 years. So it kind of doesn't make any difference which end of the scale you're on or anywhere in the middle. There's a certain amount of struggle that just goes with being parents. That's, That's how God... New life would be for us in this world. Is that a bad thing? I want you to think about that for a minute. Because I'm going to give you some time, just like we gave you some time to go to that place that was just like the most fun and the deepest, most moving time you've ever had as a mother. I'm going to give you some time to go to maybe the most painful experience you've had as a mother. And here's why I want you to do that. Because the struggle and the pain that we feel in anything that's great in life is the price that we pay for the love that we have for it. There's a verse in the Bible that says, For God so loved the world that He what? He gave His one and only Son. As you've read through the Bible, have you ever read that God regretted that? Did God ever look at that and go, golly, man, I wish I hadn't done that. No. In fact, over and over and over again, it is as if God embraces that because the depth to which He was willing to go through pain was an indicator of the depth of His love for us, which is why that verse begins, 
For God so loved the world. You know, right in our audience this morning, there are mothers who struggle. I know mothers in our crowd this morning who are the mothers of special needs children. And I know you would give your life today. You would forfeit the rest of your life if it meant that your special needs child could be immediately healed, restored, and able to live the kind of life that you've lived. You give it all for that child. And yet you walk through life with that struggle. There are mothers in this room who have children that are estranged from them. And you struggle with that. There are moms in this room who feel like somehow you failed. It really doesn't kind of make any difference what the struggle is. But the truth is, if we're willing to struggle and we're willing to embrace that struggle as a part of being a mom or a parent, then it enables us to grow in our love. And so, I want us to go to that place and embrace the pain, not in a morbid sort of way, but embrace the pain and say, yes, I would go through this and even more if it would bring health and wholeness and goodness to my child. So I want to give you some space to do that. And if you're really struggling with that, then take this time and just pray for your child. And now let's go visit our mothers one more time because they have one more message and it's a very important one for us. Take a look. I am very thankful for new life. I started coming here in July of 2008 and seeing God work in Eric with his youth group and seeing Austin develop in the children's program and just seeing God in their lives just blesses me and um, we started saying grace shortly after uh, my divorce I wanted to introduce that to my kids and Austin being three he says grace now too and it's the cutest thing to me as a mom to watch my kid bless the food and bless his dad bless his mom and his brother and as much joy as my kids fill my heart I can only imagine God's love and for his children and how much it blesses his heart when his children come to him. And I have to say, yesterday, Eric came up with a new word for me. I asked him if I was pretty and, or if I was beautiful. And he said, Mom, you're even better. You're pretty full. So it's times like that that just make being a mom worth it to me. I was very fortunate. I felt like that God has always been there with me. I put my faith in him when I was about 15. And um, he's definitely blessed me because through trials and tribulations, I think that we make it through. I have a feeling that God, there are little blessings you get along the way. And sometimes really big blessings like my husband, who's a huge blessing. He's my best friend. No one better. 
and my children. I think the one thing that I learned from my own life was that the best thing I could give my children was their faith in God. I, I could teach them right and wrong, and none of that matters if they don't have their eternal salvation preserved. We were driving home from school, and I'll never forget it because it really struck me. And he said, you know, Mom, he said, thank you so much for being the kind of mom that you are. And I asked him, I said, well, Drew, what does that mean? And he said, just that you care that you're there for us, that you teach us right from wrong, that you care enough to get upset when we make the wrong choices, that you care enough to discipline us for it. He said, I see so many of my friends, and they're not. He said, so I really appreciate it. I want you to know I appreciate it. And I've been thanked by every single one of them. So it's been, it's been a blessing. Well, God remained faithful in all these years, um, all the ups and downs. And uh, sometimes God was the only person that you could hang on to because of all the chaos and, um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that happen um, with birth and, um, you know, life itself. And my husband was always really active in the ministry. And so we always had our children in Bible study and, you know, all these things. But then as they became teenagers, um, they all make up their own minds and decide what they want to do with their lives. And so there was a lot of um, ups and downs. But... Um, in the end, they all remain faithful, I must say, every one of them so far. If you provide a place um, that you can sit down and, and um, be non-judgmental, but listen to them, you know, and uh, if they want your advice, then give them. If they don't, then don't. And, you know, a lot of times you have to pray for them and um, see them. Just like Jesus said, you know, he saw the young man and he loved him because that's all he could do. I learned that I couldn't make any plans. Um, I, my plan was to have a baby by 30, but it wasn't my decision. But as soon as I gave up trying and I really gave it to God, we, we were at that point we'd given up trying to get pregnant, and we got pregnant. Um, and that was pretty incredible because I, I, just, I was convinced. I, I kind of talked myself into that. I think I'll be okay if we can't have kids. I think I'll be all right with that decision. And God had a different plan. For the first time in my life, I feel like God is in control and that I have a plan that's not of my making. Things just came full circle for us, and I feel like this is what I was waiting for. Like God knew that this was what I needed and that being a wife and being a mother is what I wanted. And it just, I've never felt so at peace with my life. I, I'm happy. Hi, I'm Katie, and I'm a mom. Hi, I'm Susan, and I'm a proud mom of three teenagers. Hi, my name's Petra, and I'm a multifaceted mom. <laughs> my name's Helga, and I'm a new mother. Fun stuff, isn't it? Absolutely. I want to close by teaching all and reminding all of us of three wonderful principles. And I want to read us two passages of Scripture, and then we'll learn three things out of them. Okay, the Bible says, bring them, that is your children, up in the training and instruction. I want you to circle and underline those two words, training and instruction. In the training and instruction of the Lord. And then if we go back to the book of Proverbs one more time, Solomon says, to train a child produces wisdom. Again, circle the word training and kind of draw a line up to the other word, um, 
circle the word train and up to the word training. There's a common thread in here. To train a child produces wisdom, but a mother is disgraced by what? An untrained child. So how do you do that? Well, I'm going to give you principle number three, and here it is. And that is, every mom should raise her children in the context of faith. I mean, that's obviously what Paul was writing about in Ephesians. He said, bring them up in the training and instruction, but not just any training and instruction. What kind? The training and instruction of the Lord. This wonderful context of faith. I'll give you three reasons why every mom should raise her children in the context of faith. Reason number one is this. Because the Bible gives the best instruction in the world about parenting. I'll put something down. I'll give you something you can put down underneath that. Okay? It takes the guesswork out of parenting. You know, the interesting thing about being a parent is when you give birth to to that first child, you've got absolutely no experience, correct? Yeah. Everybody starts rookies. You got no, they don't give you a, I think Bill Cosby, who used to say, it's too bad God didn't design life where you got a plastic kid to try on. Right? No, you don't get a plastic kid. You get a real one right off the bat. And you just have to start from scratch. And I've never known a parent that didn't feel lost and overwhelmed, not just once in the process, but many times. So where do you go for advice? And where do you go to make sure that the voice that you're going to listen to is a voice that's going to tell you the truth and, and, and not sometime later go, oops, guess that didn't work, did it? Well, I want to tell you, there's no better place to go than to go to the Bible, to God's Word, and say, God, instruct me out of your Word, because if God says it, it's what? True. God never has to say, oops. The Bible has the best training and instruction in the world. And the things that you teach, not only yourself out of the Bible, but the things that you teach your children, even this morning as we're in here, the little kids are in their rooms and they're learning memory verses from the Bible. Why? Because we want to introduce them to the truth of God's Word so that they can learn to walk in that even as a child. I can remember Theo, our oldest grandchild, when he was a preschooler. He was just a little kid. And you would send him up to his room to get something, but if it was after dark, oh yeah, he was scared. So Theo, what was your memory verse from Sunday? I will not be afraid, for the Lord is with me. And I can still, yeah, it's one of those things you get locked into as a grandparent. I can still hear him say that as he's walking up the long hallway to his bedroom and saying it over and over. I will not be afraid for the Lord is with me. Best instruction in the world is from God's Word. A second reason why it's important for every mom to raise her children in the context of faith is this. Because a community of faith 
provides a great resource for the times that are tough. Do you remember Helga said, during that time, if it wasn't for my life group, I think I would have given up on God. Wow. Community of faith is a great resource when times are tough. Now she got that from, from her the life group that she goes to, which is a Marriage Matters life group. And, and you know, many of the people in the Marriage Matters group have been through the struggle of parenting and some have been through the struggle of trying to get pregnant. But we have, we have a life group that's, uh, you know, for moms or preschoolers. We have all kinds of life groups, but it's that community of faith that you get attached to that Kevin was already talking to you about this morning. If you don't have a life group, it's important to get one because those are the people who will stand with you and around you and lift you and support you when you're feeling overwhelmed by some role that you have as a mom. Great resource. And then number three is this. Because God is your best parenting partner. You know, who's going to watch over your kids when they're not around you? There's never a place that your children will go where they are outside of God's purview. Am I right or wrong? That's right, isn't it? Sure. And so, if you make God your parenting partner, I'll tell you another thing that comes in that package. Because, now, you can't just manipulate God, okay? you got to make God your parenting partner. You can't just neglect and never pray with your kids and never teach them anything out of God's Word, but hopefully somehow, because you go to church, He'll come along and be your partner. No, if you raise your children in this context of faith, then here's what happens, Okay? There's never a place that your children go where they're outside of God's purview. And that means when your children are headed for trouble, God comes alongside you and sort of miraculously helps you gather information that you need. All three of our children, I know it's hard to imagine they ever did anything wrong, but they did. Okay? It's hard to imagine as teenagers that they ever struggled, but I can think of individual incidences where each one of them was making a very foolish choice, but they were very careful to hide it from their mother and me. But God was our parenting partner. And God would help us to be in some grocery store somewhere and run into someone and they will say, Oh, it was great to see your son or your daughter over at so-and-so's house last night. Oh, yeah? Hmm. Thank you. I'm glad you ran into them. And then we would come home and have a come to Jesus talk. You know, when you make God your parenting partner, He makes sure that those little divine appointments take place at the right time and in the right place. That's why it's great to raise your children in a context of faith. Not, 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 not so you can condemn your children, but to sit down with your children and say, you told me you were here, but you were there Why did you feel like you had to hide that from me? And then we could have a real talk. 
So, for application for this part, I want to give us all time and space to ask this question. And I know right away that many, all the guys walked in this morning and go, I love Mother's Day because it's the one day that the pastor lets us skate and never talks about anything we have to do, right? Okay, I want to give you something to do. All of us. What is that step that we could take that would deepen the context of faith in our family, for our children if they're still at home, for our grandchildren if they're not at our home, or if we have no children or grandchildren, what could I do that would deepen the context of faith for the people around me? Okay. So I want to give us some time and space to think about that. And I pray that you would take the time to write down at least one thing in that space. So let's have a couple of minutes of of thoughtful reflection. go one more time back to the book of Proverbs. It says, Give your father and your mother joy. This instruction is not for moms. This is for all of the rest of us. Give your father and your mother joy. May she who gave you birth be happy. And that's the very first verse I read to you. So we've come full circle. Give your father and your mother joy. On this Mother's Day, And actually, every day of this year, it would be a great thing for us to pause and reflect and to say, what can I do that would give my mother joy? And I know right away some of you are going, oh, well, you don't know who my mom is. Okay? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Sometimes you don't bless your mom because she's earned it. You bless your mom because it's good for you. You bless your mom because in the end it's actually good for her. And by the way, are you and I glad that God didn't wait until we deserved it before He blessed us? If so, we wouldn't have any, would we? No. But God stepped over who we were and blessed us anyway. And now He says to us, No one has a perfect mom. So find a way to bless your mom. Make her happy on this day. And actually every other day of the year. Father, would you help us to to just take the high road. To be wonderful blessers of our mothers. And God, thank you for every struggle that you brought every mother through in this room. Would you be near to those who struggle today? Lord, would you, would you enable every mother in this room to take a step to deepen that context of faith as they work with their children or as the rest of us work with children and grandchildren. And Lord, would you help us periodically to go to that place where we just have had the, so much fun as a mom or as a parent and to reflect what a great honor and privilege it is to have been given a child or children. We bless you and we thank you.
In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.